Welcome to the She Runs It podcast, where we help women succeed in business and life. I'm Nicole DeBoom. And I'm Sarah Ratcliffe. We're two successful entrepreneurs who own and run multiple seven-figure businesses. We came together when Nicole wanted to sell her business, Skirt Sports. Through the acquisition process, we genuinely connected, and then we quickly realized the power of combining our business talent, and together, we make the perfect team. Nicole's an amazing visionary, a community builder, and she excels at creating successful business models. If you're ready to start and conceptualize a business, Nicole is here for you. And Sarah is an amazing strategist who kicks ass in massive revenue growth and building successful systems. If you're ready to take your business to the next level, Sarah will help you do that and more. We believe that business is fun and empowering, and we're on a mission to inspire, connect, and advocate for other women just like you to succeed in business and life. Now let's get started. Sarah, hey, we're back. Hi, Nicole. I'm so happy. We're back together, chatting it up. I know episode 30, like, hello, it took us a while. We had had a few breaks, but we're, we're back on track. (laughs) So fun. And we have an amazing guest today too, which I cannot wait. We do. She's absolutely incredible. She's a super, super powerhouse, but you know what, before we dive into the show, we are going to share a little bit about what's going on at our own businesses because Mm -hmm. Sarah, one thing women are notoriously bad at doing is promoting ourselves. We're going to change that. We're flipping that script. So if you're okay, I'm going to start. Can I start? Yeah, please do. All right. So here's my deal. I started a new business in late 2021. It's called Aesop. Some people call it Aesop. I don't know. I call it Aesop, like the fables. I go with Aesop. I love the fables. Yeah. Fables. I mean, hey, they all have a moral, right? Um, But they're stories, right? Aesop was all about stories and and (laughs) telling your story with a moral at the end as well. Right. And sometimes they don't even have morals, but you know what? Here's the deal. Um, my goal is to help people preserve and share the stories of their lives through personal interviews that I edit and deliver in the form of personal podcasts. So yes, if you sign up for my service, you will get your own personal little podcast. Um, the cool thing, the fun thing is that I started this business with an idea of how people may use it, but it turns out people have been using ESOP in ways I did not expect. And one of them is to help promote their own businesses. So it turns out that a paragraph on your about me page on your website is often not enough to get people to fall in love with you. You know, the little bullet Mm -hmm. points just aren't doing it. People want to hear your voice. They want to feel your energy. So I decided to offer a business package that allows you to share a professional podcast episode that highlights how amazing you are. And you don't have to just sit there and tell everyone how amazing you are. I get to pull that out of you. So that episode will also be included on my ESOP Nation public podcast. So you get you get a hit on a public podcast, gives you a little extra exposure, and you get 30 minutes of business consulting with me for 250 bucks. It's a powerful promotional tool. And if you use the code, she runs it, 
you'll get 25 bucks off. You go to aesopnation.com. It's A-E-S-O-P nation.com. That's my gig. What do you think? Everyone needs this, right? I love it. Well, and I have to tell you, when you and I met, one of the things that I loved was how you could tell a story and pull a story. Like I would never start a business like this because I'm not good at storytelling or interviewing, but you are such the perfect person to be doing this. So if anyone's listening and, and wants more of a way to promote their business, I mean, I I would, you've told my story so many times um, on different podcasts and I just, it's, it's wonderful. You actually like meet with you and and talk to you. And then I feel better about myself hearing my own stories. I'm like, Oh, I am kind of cool. Okay. This is great. So you're certainly very talented <laughs> at that piece of it. So, so yeah, that's so exciting. And then though I have multiple businesses running on my side, uh, one of the big things that we have happening is we're launching all of our races. Uh, so our Zuma races are coming back this fall, Amelia Island, Cape Cod and Fredericksburg, Texas, which is wine country. It's like Napa Valley with the Texas spin on it. Fredericksburg is amazing. And our race course there is beautiful. And then we're also launching our newest print for, from Skirt Sports called Cabernet Camo. So I'm so pumped, as is everyone. We're watching it happen all over social media. But it's um, like this dreamy little like purple Cabernet-ish camo. It's like something that's never been seen before. So check it out at skirtsports.com. And now let's talk to somebody else who has a business and I want to hear all about it. Awesome. Awesome. I love it. Um, By the way, I got a little sneak peek of Cabernet Camo. Even though I don't drink wine anymore in my life, I could still appreciate the wine tones. They look good on every skin type. Um, Okay. Okay. Enough. It's time to get the show on the road. Today, we have a powerhouse guest, Maria Solis Belazare. She's the founder of Latinos Run and Latinas Run, two platforms that promote running as a way to improve physical and mental health within the Latino communities. She came to this work through her own path her own health path, that is, as a marathoner, a blogger. She's an epic trail seeker. She's a TEDx speaker. Got to listen to that one. And she was featured in Oprah's 2020 vision tour. She definitely has vision. We're excited to share that vision today. Welcome to the show, Maria. Hi, ladies. Thank you so much for having me here. Excited to talk to both of you. We are too. I just, I love your mission so much and I can't, I can't wait to hear more about it and share it with a lot of our listeners. Okay. What's the mission? What is it? Well, we are, like you just said, a national platform that promotes running um, to improve physical mental health of the Latino community. So our goal is really to empower our community to get them to lace up and get active and also change the way the running industry looks, make it more diverse and inclusive. And it's, you know, I've been in the running industry for years, you know, uh, I was at Run Disney for many years before I do what I do now. And what you're saying is so true. It's predominantly white and we need women of color, women of all colors to be running as such a, a community building. It's, it helps with health. Like, so it's so important. The work that you're doing is so important. It really is. 
Thank you. Thank you. And yes, you know, unfortunately, you don't see as many women when it comes to participating in races, women of color. Um, but we're out there. We are at the gyms. We are on, you know, trails within our neighborhood walking. We're out there. So definitely our goal is really to kind of get, you know, the industry to change the way it works and to see that more representation at those races. So it's something that we really work hard for. And we really want to kind of change the you know, dynamics of everything that happens within the running industry. You know, I, can I mention when you launched, you launched with Latinos run. Well, this is a women centric podcast. You would not be on it if it was only for men, but then obviously you saw a need to have a women specific organization as well. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. So Latinos is obviously just it's a masculine word, but it means women and men. So Latinos is, you know, both genders. But immediately when I started, women wanted a T-shirt that said Latinas run within like a week of starting. Can I just get one that says Latinas run? And it was like nonstop. So immediately we were hashtagging Latinas run. And I said, eventually I have to do something specific for the women, because I know when I started, I didn't really want to run with with other men. I kind of wanted my safe space to talk about about, you know, female stuff to not have men listening in on our conversations. You know how it is when some of us, when we gather, we're, especially for Latina women, we love to gossip, you know, so we kind of wanted that safe space for, for women, Latina women. And I think it's just the women who are really like the force and the, the push behind our organization just kept saying, let's do it. So eventually it ended up happening. So yeah, but we're happy because, you know, I have to tell you, the Latinas run, that movement is definitely, you know, going a lot faster than the mixed group. And I think it's just really because women are really the strength behind our community. They're the ones that bring the husbands out, the kids out, the moms out to do these races. So, yeah, they're really the driving force between both organizations. Well, and I think women need time for themselves. Like, yeah. you know, women running groups, it's a safe space. You get to hang out with other women. You get to, you get to like combine all like three or four things that you need in your life as a woman. Um, and you got to do them together. It's like, you got to escape a little bit. You know? Yeah. And also I think within our community, I think a lot of the women sometimes feel intimidated, especially like when I started, I was doing like the Nike groups and that type of stuff. And I wasn't a slow runner. I was an average nine and a half, whatever minute pace, but I was being left behind a lot because majority yeah. of the people that would go to those runs were millennial white men and they were running a six, seven minute pace. I couldn't right. keep up with that. And I was getting left behind and I felt very, like it was a very intimidating space. And I knew that was the real concern for a lot of women within our community that they feel intimidated by what if I get left behind, you know, um, is somebody yeah. going to walk with me, you know, that pressure. And I really wanted to have a space where they didn't feel like they had to run. You could walk, you could jog, <laughs> you know, do whatever yeah. you want, as many miles as you want to, there's no pressure. So I think that's the reason why we had no choice, but to start it. So Maria, uh, Nicole and I have kind of changed the focus of our podcast a little bit to really focus on business and women in business and how they got there and the story behind it. So can you share a little bit of how, um, you know, how did Latinas run come into being a business? What did that story look like for you and how did it play out? You know, when I initially started, I just wanted a running group um, that catered to our community. But like I said, like the first week, people wanted their shirts. They wanted to wear something, you know, even the Latina shirt. I don't want one that says Latinos. I want a Latina. Um, so 
that business kind of came out of that. It wasn't something that I, you know, was really looking to do. I was working a full-time job, you know, this was just something for fun, but within like literally immediately, it just started becoming a business, you know, where people wanted events, they wanted to have run gear. Um, you know, they wanted to work with partners to learn more about how to get the proper stuff to purchase when they run. So it became a business, but the drive was really to create a community, like a space within the community. So, and a business came out of it and this is now my full-time job. (laughs) I was going to ask, this is your full-time job now, right? So how long did you stick with a, you know, your full-time job? And then, you know, what was that? What did that path look like? How long were you working full-time and supporting this? And then how did you decide to go just to do this full-time? So I was working for somebody and, um, I kind of was like immediately when it started, I was getting news interviews, traveling and, uh, you know, luckily I was able to work from home as well, but I kept saying, I'm quitting, I'm quitting. But my boss kept saying, please don't quit. I don't have, I don't have anybody else. I quit. I think like five times on him. And I was like, no, I really have to quit. Like you really have to find somebody else. And then I took a long break and then it became, I really need some help. Um, and you know, the honest truth was, I just knew that I really just had to stick to this because working for somebody else was really taking time away from growing our own brands and doing our own thing and myself being a business owner. So, you know, I'm, I'm working hard, working 40 hours a week, whatever, making somebody else's business successful and taking away from my own business and being successful in my own right. So, um, yeah, I quit a lot of times, but eventually when the pandemic hit, I remember uh, my boss not being able to pay me. And, you know, him needing some help. The, the offices were completely closed. He really needed some help. And I was like, you're not paying me on time. And I just don't have the patience anymore. And that was literally the last time I ever worked for him. Um, that was it. Yeah. <laughs> so the pandemic hit, like within that week, I was done. That was it. Wow. This is so interesting. It's so now here you are working full time for this business that was started to be a community in a way, almost like a philanthropy, right? Yeah. It's like, oh, we just need to help people here. Do you ever feel this conflict now that you're full time where you're like, well, I have to make money now through this business that's really supposed to help other people. Have you ever like stepped back and been like, God, do I feel like a hypocrite paying myself for this thing that's just supposed to be doing good? Or do you feel empowered? Um, I mean, at first I think I did because, you know, you don't want people to look at you like, oh, you're just in it for money or whatever the case may be. But honestly, majority of the money I make is really through like speaking engagements, you know, like a partnership. I make sure that a lot of our money, even my own money that I make for myself doing a speaking engagement goes back into my community. So I don't really have that guilty conscience because I spend a lot of my own personal money going back into the community. So, you know, um, cause if I'm doing a, a speaking engagement, it's not really, they're hiring me as an individual to speak about the work that I do. Um, they're not, they're not hiring the company, you know what I'm saying? But I take a lot of what I do and I put it back into the company and, you know, we have a lot of stuff coming up. There's a lot of things that go back into investment to really kind of reach other people, change the dynamics, uh, educate people, those type of things. So it's fulfilling to me. You know, it's a lot of hard work, no sleep morning till night. But at the end of the day, I don't think I would do anything else because I love what I do. And, you know, it took 40 years to find something that I love doing. So, yeah, it doesn't feel like work, right? That's kind of how I talk with my team about it. I'm like, 
no day really feels like work. And I'm the same as you all. I work morning, noon, nights, you know, and, um, it's when you find something you're passionate about and you love and where you're serving others. Like I feel in a number of ways I'm serving others and I can see you doing the same. It's like, it doesn't, you want to, you want to give more time um, to be able to do that. How long has Latinas run officially been in business? How many years? So we started in 2016. So it's been a little over five years. We started Latinos run, but then the concept of Latinas run, like I said, started immediately. We didn't launch like our first in-person group until 2018, but we had been starting talking about Latinas run, hashtagging it, pictures, everything uh, since 2016. Great. And how many, do you have chapters? Are they groups? Like how do, and where are you and how many so the between the two, I, oh, I think with Latinas, when we have a little over 20, between the two, over 50 across the country, they're all over, you know, from Idaho with a couple of girls to New York City, you know, our groups have thousands of people within New York City, but they're all over. We're starting a chapter here uh, in Orlando, uh, San Diego, uh, Northern California. So we do have a way so we can kind of limit ourselves. We don't open too many chapters within one year because mm-hmm. it can become overwhelming. Um, but yeah, every year we're opening up new ones and, you know, exploring different parts of the country, which is exciting. So we get to meet all over. Yeah. You know, in building this organization, um, it, which is community based, which I think, you know, we, we kind of understand is more of a movement than an actual business. Right. And I believe that's often the key to success is building something more than the numbers on a page. And you, you've done that. You're doing that. Um, do you look to your own community to help you understand where you're going and what you're going to do next? Um, yeah, because, you know, I, I say I travel the country quite often and I think meeting those people and understanding how every community is so different, how people operate in New York City is way different than how people operate in like, you know, Houston, Texas. We're just completely different. Our weathers are different. Our Hispanic heritage for many of the cities are very different depending on where we go, whereas LA is more Central American. New York City could be more, um, you know, Puerto Rico, Dominican Republic. So the people are a little bit different even though we're all Hispanic, we are very different within ourselves. So I look to them for more understanding. Um, And also educating myself through other people is great. There's a lot of runners who are coaches who are certified in, you know, health, nutrition, whatever the case may be. So I'm always looking up to other runners for advice. Um, I'm always doing polls within the group because I don't know everything, Um, you know, and there's a lot of people who have a lot better insight than I do. So I'm always taking polls, wanting to understand my community better. And I think through that type of education, I'm also able to help the partners that I work with. It's a learning process for all of us. You know, a lot of the partners I work with know nothing about our community. So it's kind of like, you know, asking questions myself, driving throughout the country into these communities to kind of understand what's going on. Because I don't know everything, you know, when I live in New York City and the community is completely different. So, yeah. It's so true. I mean, every region is very different. I mean, I grew up in the Midwest in Kansas on a farm. Very different. I've been to Kansas. Very different. Right. Very different. And from Orlando too, you know, it took me a long time to adjust to the, to the culture here. So I can imagine as you're, I mean, all throughout the U S it's like 
little separate countries um, here and there. So I want to know what does like, what does an average day look like for you or even an average week as a businesswoman? Like how, where are you spending your time? What, what are you focusing on? Well, always planning for something. There's always some events. So it's, you know, working with designers to get something up that needs to go on social media. Obviously a lot of it is through um, communication on social media, especially because we have running groups. So now we just start started doing something where we're doing a daily, um, like, you know, follow up to see what everybody's doing, any, you know, milestones they may have, that type of stuff and kind of working on re programming, the way we operate, the way we communicate with, with others in our community, people tend to just post a picture. And I said, let's start having better dialogue, you know, because people don't just want to see a picture every day. They want to ask questions, you know, have some topics that are really interesting so that they can also educate themselves as well. So that's one thing that we just started um, this month actually is, you know, every day let's do a post. Let's see what everybody's got going on, any milestones, any setbacks, any way we can help you. Those are the questions we ask every day, taking constant polls. Um, so it's really a lot of work on social media. And then also throughout the day, I have interviews or have calls, you know, schedule calls with some of our partners. It's a typical day for me. You what know, about running? A lot. Don't a lot you run? Time. Well, so I just got here to Florida and with my sister. So my, I just got my sister starting to run, uh, I would say about the last five months. So we walk the dog every day. We do three miles. So I get to her house in the morning or I'll do it in the evening. I just got here a little later today. So I'll take the dog with her later. And she has a lake by, by her house. So we do like three miles together. So yeah, that's what we do together. I've been kind of pushing her to do it. Yeah. So and and she's not just a sister. She's a twin, right? You have a twin? No, my twin is in the military. So I have an older sister that is here in uh, Orlando. So yeah, so she's my run buddy here, but she's stolen all my run products. <laughs> she's That's stolen fun. my hydration vest and all my goodies. And I've kind of hooked her up with everything. So she also knows, you know, what it's like to be a runner. Cause when I first got here, she didn't have anything, you know, the glasses, mm-hmm. the sneakers and all that stuff. So I think I'm like her best friend now because I can, <laughs> you know, I get a lot of goodies. So I give her a bunch of stuff, but um, yeah, we are planning out every weekend. We do trails. So usually we do it both day, Saturday and Sunday, and we try to explore wherever we can all over Orlando. We try to find really great trails and she has a new dog. So that's kind of like really pushed Uh us to make sure we go somewhere else. We always have to find a new location every weekend. So, yeah. You know, a word that's coming up to me is accountability. You know, that's our word. That's our word. I'm not kidding. This is our word. Bam. (laughs) I literally just had a podcast with somebody who said my word of the year since last year, my sister told me one word she uses in her business is accountability. And I said, that's my word. That is my word going forward. Every client I work with, that is my word. You know, I've just, it's following us through this conversation because you create a community-based program and you're sharing this story about your sister and you, and even the dog. And I'm just going, when someone else is there to help you be accountable, you will be more accountable. And, uh, I like the idea that you just took it and said, this is what I want to do in business too. Cause I was thinking of it in terms of fitness, but right. yeah. So that's how it that. started. 
when I asked my sister, I said, what words would you use that you think are very important? And I told her the words that were key to me. And the word she said was, why not accountability? You make me come here every morning. We're doing it together. She says, but why can't some of your partners also be accountable? So it's not just accountability that I have upon my own community. It's also the partners that I work with and making sure that they're being accountable as well to working with our community. Um, So it just kind of goes many different ways. It's not just about us, but also the people that we work with as well. And I said since last year, this is my word. And if the partners I work with are not being accountable, then they're not right for us because, you know, we really, I don't want to see a black box and you saying you're doing all these things for the community, but really in the end, I don't see anything. Um, it's just words on a paper, you know, could be pandering to our community and that's not really being accountable. You know, what else are you doing? So that's my word. I, it's my favorite word. So you hit it right on the nail. Yeah. I love it. So I have a question for you because as, as we're talking through this and I don't know that there's enough forums for women business owners. So, and I don't know how this has gone for you, Maria, but I know I've, as a, as a business owner have kind of been in a little bit of a silo or on my own. Do you have any mentors? Do you have business mentors or coaches or anything like that? Oh, I always do. I always do. I'm always yeah. reaching out to somebody. Um, you know, we just trademarked our name. So I just reached out to a bunch of people that I know and said, can you help me with it? Can you kind of walk me through the process? So I always have somebody I call for something because like I said, I don't know everything, you know, um, a lot of right. this funny experience over the last couple of years, I, I grew up in the fashion industry. That's what I studied in college. That's all I knew. Um, you know, and I, then I had a love for sports, but I didn't know anything about business, but my dad, it was a banker. Yeah. So it's like going to dad and saying, Hey, you know, can you teach me how to do some things? And, you know, he's trying to help me do some investments and this type of stuff. So I just got here and said, don't forget, you know, we got to work on, we got to work on how you're doing investments. So yeah, I'm always looking to somebody to help some way. So, yeah. That's great. I didn't realize you were in the fashion or you grew up in the fashion industry as well, because yeah. I mean, we make skirts. So maybe I'll have to running skirts specifically. So maybe I'll have to give us some advice. Yeah. I went to Germany, studied. um, I got a a school transfer to Germany and studied over there and came back here. And that's my background. That's the field I've in New York city. And it just so happens that I'm able to use the same skills that I learned through college. I worked in the fashion industry as a buyer. I'm able to use those skills in my business. I know where to buy stuff that some people may not know, um, you know, because I knew where the buying markets were. And I know how to communicate with China, with overseas, with Latin America factories, because it's my background. So, yeah. And I try to help people if they have questions, you know, if they need some understanding, instead of always going and paying four times the price that they should be paying, um, you know, I try to help them because it could be expensive, you know, as you know. Yeah. It, it really can. And that I know I is my business has progressed understanding the margins and the yeah. costs behind things. You know, it depends on who you're working with. It, it, it can really make or break a business. Absolutely. Um, at the end, of, and it's not something you can like Google and say, how do I get a better margin or who yeah. do I go talk to for a better price on this? It's kind of that like learn knowledge. Or how can you trust a factory? You may not know, you know, sometimes there's some factories here in the United States, not really factories. They buy from some of the United States who buys it from the factory in China and they're charging four times the price, whether it's metals, um, you know, I'll send people sometimes for a last minute metal to somebody here in the U S but I know those same people well, and I know 
they get it from China. Um, yeah. and they're you yeah. know, charging four or five times the price. And it breaks my heart sometimes because I understand what it's like, you know, trying to kind of create your own space um, in the running community, having your own races and knowing that that cost, like you said, could make or break you. So really can. Well, and I know when I acquired the business from Nicole, had she not helped me understand I had, I mean, I had worked with factories in China before, but not to the extent, I mean, we're, you know, developing 20,000 units at a time. I didn't have any background. My background's like psychology, you know? So I happened to come into business because I loved it so much, but, you know, having someone that can really help you through that or mentor you, I think is such an important piece because you're right. You don't know everything and you can't as a business owner be, you know, the, 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 know it all. You can't be an expert in everything. You really can't. Right. So, you know, can I mention a word, another word that keeps popping up for me is the word confidence. Cause I'm sitting here looking at both of you and feeling it. But I know from personal experience that you aren't just born confidence, that confident <laughs> that you often have to go through your own you know, setbacks and face down lots of barriers to build that up. And as we're talking about mentoring other women, you know, that's one of the things we're all seeking is this confidence. Can you share a little bit about your personal journey that helped you build yourself up into this confident, beautiful, amazing woman? (laughs) Um, I don't know what is, I think it's, I, I grew up with a very strong family, you know, loud, fun, exciting family. And I think at a young age, my parents were always proud of us, no matter what we did, you know, and I think that's where it probably came from. But in the running space, I wasn't confident in the beginning, um, especially dealing with the male dominated space and sometimes kind of being kicked to the curb, you know, having a new organization within New York City, there's so many of them. And unfortunately, there's a click, you know, and if you're not a part of that click, it's kind of difficult navigating that space, especially in New York City. Um, It was very, very difficult for me at many times, starting events, having men decide they were going to take the event from me, even though it was an event I brought to them multiple times. And I think my experience, I had an experience with two different men who I brought an idea for an event. The events were very successful. Hundreds of people showed up and the following year they decided to take the events from me. It was very, it it really, really was difficult for me, but it made me realize that um, I wasn't going to let that one instance kind of tear me down and I'll just let them see me do better. I'll just let them be in the same space they are for years and years, and I'll just let them watch me. And I think that was kind of, that was the breaking point where I realized I, you know, I had to do things for myself. Sometimes, you know, there are clicks and sometimes I may not fit in a certain space and that's okay. But I, I don't know, it was just a really life-changing kind of experience that I dealt with in New York City that really changed trajectory of the way I was going with my business. And I realized I had to put a lot of dependence on myself and not necessarily always on everybody else because not everybody wants to see you succeed. They really don't. There's a lot of people that do. There's also a lot of people who see your success and kind of want to take it from you or want to stop you from being better. And I think that's what was happening to me because we grew so fast. Mm -hmm. I think it upset some people 
because those people were around for 12, 15 years. I think it upset them to see my success when all I was really trying to do is bring a community together. I do a lot of events across the country where I try to bring other local groups together and do unity runs. It's something very big that I love, love doing where I, you know, we do it in many cities like Arizona. We'll do black men run, black girls run, Latinos run, front runners like LGBTQ, you know, we'll do a once a month unity run. And it's something we do in multiple cities, but some communities may not like that we're doing that because we're bringing everybody together. And I don't know. I don't understand why some people don't like it, but it's something I love to do. I love to do it across the country um, and something I'll continue doing. But yeah. I, don't I love that. You know, I've thought about that because I've worked with uh, JL of Black Girls Run as well and, and watched just a number of these groups. And I thought, how do we all come together in like a big, yeah. you know, in a big way where and how do we help, you know, how do we help you grow? How do we help? Because the work that you're doing is so important. How do we come together? I So I, I didn't know that you did those unity runs. So that's yeah. amazing. So I tried reaching out to a lot of running stores. Uh, we do have a partnership with like Fleet Feet and mm-hmm. a, a lot of local running stores. And I asked them, let's do a unity run. Because the honest truth is a lot of our communities come from, sometimes we're, you know, a Latino could be married to a Black person, to an Asian person, an ind- Indigenous. Right. And it really, when they see, oh, there's a run for everybody, it kind of really yeah. inspires others to kind of bring all their friends to know that nobody's being left out and it's really a space for community to see a very diverse community come together and do a run and it was very important for me to do that across the country and there's a lot of people who don't really like the idea but don't understand the reason why it's important very important to have those type of runs because we aren't always welcomed in the running space. Um, I've gone to a lot of races across the country. I'm the only person of color in like Virginia, like Virginia, there's a lot of people in Virginia of color, but why would I get to a race? Am I the only person? And I think it's something to do with a lot of the race directors or organizations, not necessarily reaching out to our community and inviting us into that space. So, yeah. And I think that needs to change. And I know that's the work that you're that's the work that you're doing and so important, yeah. but I think it's important that, that we support you in yeah. that as well, you know? So actually speaking of support, because part of what we want to do in this podcast is bring attention to what you're doing and, and engage our community and how they can support you. So let's talk about website. Where can they go to find out more about your organization? So you can go on Instagram, Latinas Run Official, or you can go on our website, latinasrunclub.com. You can always find a lot of information about what we do, our retreats, our events that we have throughout the year. And join us on Facebook, the same thing, facebook.com slash groups slash Latinas Run Club. And they can find us there and join our group. And, you know, everybody's welcome. We don't discriminate. Uh, you can be Latino. You don't have to be Latina. It's okay. Um, everybody is welcome to our group. So, Maria, you are a champion. You are definitely facing down stigmas and you're helping break them. And uh, I'm and Sarah and I are both excited and, and proud to be in your aura today. <laughs> like, help, well, I'm proud to help are. with the charge. Too. I've been watching both of you for a long time. So, and trust me, you both inspire me a lot. The events that you do, the podcast, all that stuff, the newsletters. I read all your newsletters every week. I'm like, God, she's doing something great. She's doing something amazing. So um, I'm very inspired by it. 
Can I throw out, Sarah, we didn't even talk about this, but I was toying with a final question. Let's throw it out. Hey, maybe it'll stick. Maybe it won't. Either this show's going to get cut off right here or we're going to hear a final question. And we can still ask more questions after that. Maybe it's not final. But as you know, the name of this podcast is the She Runs It podcast. So I was thinking about all the things we run in our lives. You literally have a running organization (laughs) with the word run in it. But what would you say is the most important thing that you run or that you want to or seek to run in your life? I don't know. The most important thing that I run, I don't know, probably my business and probably this organization. Um, it's That's probably the most important thing for me is, you know, the community that I'm with, the women that I'm around, um, you know, the space that I'm in is probably the most important thing to me. So awesome. Well, you're, you're- well, I want to know, I have, a, it can't be the final question because I have another question. <laughs> So, so let me ask you, because this whole idea of, you know, having a vision and I'm sure Nicole, you've done this. I've done this, this like idea of manifest, like I spend a lot of time thinking about and dreaming about what I want to see, right? Like this big vision. And then they say that if you think about that, it'll somehow happen. Right. Which I've actually happened quite a few times, but I want to know from your end, big picture, big vision, like where do you want to see Latinas run go? What, What does that look like to you? You know, and where are you headed with this business? So definitely want to see it go global. Um, obviously, Latin America is huge, massive running community. So many countries within Latin America. I would le- love to see ourselves, you know, go past, you know, just the United States. And in addition to that, also working with food. It's um, for the last two years, my family and I have done a weekly Zoom um, cooking class with each other. And I said, so we just started a website. We haven't fully launched it yet. Um, not really many people know about it, but we're starting a new site so we could teach cooking every week because the honest truth is it's like 80% is your diet, 20%, you know, they say 20% is just the working out. So within our community, we show love through eating, through feeding each other. And I really want to change the way we talk about food within our community because of the high rates that we deal with obesity, heart disease, et cetera, and kind of use food as another tool within our community. So we're going to take what we do within my own family and we're going to do it with our community every week and start teaching some really inspirational, healthier, uh, Latino inspired dishes. So that's something we're launching in the next couple of weeks. And then the girls, everybody can join in. There's a lot of women in our group. So um, they'll, I'm sure they'll be cooking with us and everything. So that's, I'm excited about that. That's so. great. Well, Latino food is like the best that there is yeah, anyways. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, we do. Like my family, we, we used to cook every week, just anything, but now we have a, a country. So we just finished Jamaica oh. now in Japan. I think they did Madagascar a few months ago. So we're trying to do something creative. And um, I said, we love it within our own family. So how can we kind of make this to my other family, my second family? Yes. Yeah. So yes. That's, that's so family. fun. Yeah. Yeah. So that'll be um, in the next few weeks. So. We need to introduce Maria to Chef Yadi. Happy, healthy yes. Latina. Oh, She's awesome. She's she is? Okay, awesome. Please do. Yeah. She needs to join Latina's run too. Thank you. She does. Doesn't she run? <laughs> she yeah. like she does Peloton and stuff, but wow. she's active. She's a fitness chick. She's cool. Awesome. I love it. Powerhouse women unite. Definitely. Absolutely. 
Okay. So since I already did the last question early, let's do one more. Okay. I know. Sorry. I was like, I'm not done talking to you, Maria. You have more questions to answer well, for us. Okay. Before the last, last question, Maria, what did we miss today? What message do you really want to get out there? Probably with some of the women to make sure, like if they feel like they're intimidated, whatever the case may be. Um, I know one of the questions you had asked before was um, how do people start or, you know, you know, how can they get going and not feel intimidated that, you know, they're entering a new running space. Honestly, just have a vision of what you want to do. That's the most important key. I always tell people, do you want to run a 5k? Just want to learn how to walk, have a vision, set a plan, find that community, whether it's ours or somebody else's. And don't be afraid, you know, to kind of just get started. So I always tell people never be afraid to join our community. Like my sister, I think was very intimidated for a while. And I said, let's just go take the dog. You have a dog. You have four. <laughs> let's go take them down the block. And one mile turned into two mile, turned into three miles. And I said, okay, now you got to sign up for a race soon. You know, you have to get your bling. You got to start moving up the ladder and doing all that other stuff. So, you know, I just told her first, just have a vision. What do you want to do? She wants to get healthy. Okay, let's find some tools to get healthy. So, you know, that goes along with having a vision is about following your passion. And that is what you've done. And as Sarah earlier said, if it doesn't feel like work, you know, whether it's running or running a business, I think you're on the right path. So I'm going to, I'm going to venture with one last thing, which would be what advice do you have for other women who want to make positive change in their lives? You know, like I said, have that, have that vision, whatever you want it is, write it down, you know, and, and don't be afraid to do it. You know, you said before, if you believe in something, you put it out in that universe and it will happen. I truly believe that if you want something to happen, put it out in that universe and make it happen. Just don't be afraid for it. Uh, Change is good. Change is always good. You know, well, and I think there's this idea that if you're going to start a business, you have to know exactly, right? It's got to be perfect. I have to know all the things. But truthfully, and I bet each of you could speak to this, you just have to start and then trust that over time you'll figure it out. Because I bet when you started, your business looks different now than it did then because you're listening to your community, you're changing, you know, adapting to what they want. And so don't be afraid to start to your point. Like, even if there's a vision, just go for it. I think we have fear. That's why I think a lot of times we're afraid of what could be. Um, It's okay to have a backup plan, have put millions backup plans if you need to, but yeah, don't be afraid to just start. I started, I lost my job. I didn't have a dime to my name. I sat in a new apartment on the edge of a bed that day. And I said, what am I going to do with my life? And the only thing I could think about was the training coach had called me a million times to train and I didn't have the money for it, but I said, will you start a community with me? And within two weeks, 16 people, People, you know, in the span of a couple years has now turned into over 25,000 people. And, you know, and all it was really was just a dream of wanting to do something that made me happy. And, you know, I, I put it on paper, I put it out in the universe and it came true. But, you know, I think I had to get rid of that fear. And I think sometimes when you're at your worst, you have no, you have, you can't do anything else, but hustle and find something. And I think because yeah. I was at my lowest, I had no choice, but to find something to do. And I had to kind of erase that fear and just go for it. Sounds amazing. You, you rock. Way to go, Maria. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us today and empowering other women out there. 
Thank you. You too, ladies. Thank you so much for having me.